So we want to make sure our donors, whether it's financial or with the supplies, know that we're trying to make sure there's a greater hope and a purpose. And we know there's great humanitarian work out there. We kind of view that as the Band-Aid. You take the Band-Aid off, it might work for a little bit. But if you're not sharing the gospel, I don't think it's worth investing in the missions. And so we're always looking, how are they sharing the gospel? Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Pete Stridham, in for Byron Tyler. I am the executive director for Liquid Legacy. Uh, we're not a local nonprofit here in Memphis, and we do clean water projects, medical missions, and community development, both in Pacalpa, Peru, and Abaco, Bahamas. And uh, I'm honored to be standing in for Byron. With me today, I have uh, A.J. Kamer. A.J. is the executive director over at Crosslink Memphis, another local nonprofit here in Memphis that provides medical supplies and medicines for medical missions trips all over the world. Welcome to the show, A.J. Hey, Piet. I'm glad to be here today. Thanks for being here, man. A.J. and I actually just came back from a medical missions trip that we did together, partnership between Crosslink and Liquid Legacy. And so uh, we're literally fresh off the boat from Peru, where we spent uh, seven days in the jungles doing medical clinics, providing some basic medical medical care for Peruvians, mostly from the Shipibo tribe that live deep in the jungles uh, north of Pacalpa, close to the Brazil border in the Amazon jungle. So we're both still a little sleepy from that one, uh, but it's good to be back and good to be here today with this. Asia, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Crosslink Memphis and what it is that you guys do? Crosslink Memphis is a medical supply ministry. We collect donated medical supplies from hospitals, individuals, surgery clinics, Basically, anywhere there's unused medical supplies, and we donate those back out to medical mission teams. We're also a pharmaceutical distributor, so we can purchase medicine at cost, and we save. We pass that savings right along to the mission teams as we go about. We also provide reading glasses that are donated as well. So we're ready to partner with local global missions as long as they're sharing the gospel. That's incredible. So do you guys only partner with uh, other nonprofits, uh, ministries here in Memphis, or are you guys nationwide? Yes, we partner with local nonprofits and nationwide. So we've shipped things to Seattle, Washington, New York, Florida, Texas, pretty much all over the country in the last several years. And they'll take those medical supplies, use them either in their communities or they'll head international and continue to share the gospel. Incredible. About how many countries have you guys served in? We've been keeping really good statistics since about 2016, and I think we are up to 51 countries. Wow, that's incredible. So since 2016, how long has Crosslink Memphis been around then? Yeah, so Crosslink Memphis started in 2004, and it was brought over here, kind of a partner organization out of Crosslink International in Virginia, and they were partners until 2012. Crosslink Memphis has a heart for the end of the road, the edge of the jungles, and really serving the underserved all around the world. And the Virginia branch was kind of looking at doing some bigger hospital stuff and clinic things, and so... They decided it would be best to part ways, and so Crosslink Memphis became independent in 2012. Wow, so that's what, coming up in 10 years now? Yeah, it's coming up on 10 years. We're excited about that. You know, fortunately, or unfortunately for the International and Virginia branch, they ended up closing down shortly after the split, but we've continued just to serve where God's called us to and enjoyed that every step of the way. We're certainly grateful at Liquid Legacy for uh, what you guys do in the partnership there. I know for us as a, uh, a mission organization that does medical missions, I don't know how we would be able to do it without a partnership with somebody like Crosslink. The meds and the support and the supplies that you guys provide um, is invaluable in that sense. So I know firsthand the other side of that coin and, uh, and the work that you guys do and the importance of it. But why medical missions? What's, what's the thing that's got you guys focused so much on medical missions? 
Yeah, that's a great question. We love partnering with organizations like the Liquid Legacy and all the other you know mission trips around the world. Why medical missions? Because when you go to a community that does not have access to care, maybe somebody has to walk four to six miles to receive care, or they have to travel two, three days to get medical care. When a medical mission team comes out, the community shows up. So you can have you know 400 people who might live in a village you know, in the desert, in, in Africa somewhere, but they're all going to come because they need medical care. They have infections. There's malnutrition. They may have parasites. They may have worms. And so as the medical missions come in, we see as teams partner with local pastors, it's they receive the physical care, but the medical mission teams can point them to the great healer mm-hmm. and what it comes down to. And so we've seen a lot of people gather, a lot of people show up for medical missions. And so that's why it's been our heart to just care for the physical while showing the spiritual. And you mentioned earlier that, if I understand correctly, you guys only partner with other nonprofits, mission organizations that share the gospel through medical missions. Yes, that is correct. And so we want to make sure, you know, our donors, whether it's financial or with the supplies, know that we're trying to make sure there's a greater hope and a purpose. And we know there's great humanitarian work out there and what needs to be done, but we kind of view that as the Band-Aid. You take the Band-Aid off, it might work for a little bit, but if you're not sharing the gospel, I don't think it's worth investing in, in the missions um, individually or as an organization. So we're always looking, how are they sharing the gospel? What are they doing? And kind of the fruit of that. That's a pretty strong stance to take, but pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think we're called to stand firm in that. Yeah. And, you know, we hear a lot of stories of, of hurt in the world, and we'll try and point them. There's other organizations who do what we do, so we're not giving them a blind ear. Uh, usually we'll say, hey, why don't you check out organization A, B, or C? They can help with the humanitarian side of it. So you try and do it with grace, but we're going to stand very firm, and our partners are going to share the gospel and ensure that happens. That's incredible. That's incredible. As I think through, you know, kind of our shared trips that we've had, you know, we've been grateful for not only the partnership with Crosslink, but we've also had you on a lot of our medical missions trips and helping out with that. Maybe share some of the stories of what you've seen firsthand when you've been able to go and represent Crosslink on the field in a medical trip like that where you're part of the team. That's one of the things. You just fall in love with the people everywhere. I love the people of Peru where we've been able to serve. But so many people will come up with a cut that's just been infected and has been three, four weeks, and they just need some antibiotics and some neosporin or triple antibiotic ointment. You're able to provide it, and they're so grateful for it. I'll never forget we had one. He was about 75 years old, and it looked like he had some skin cancer on his face. And so we were talking this out with him. We get done and we share, hey, bud, that's probably skin cancer. You need to get it checked out. And he stands up and he hadn't spoke any English at the time and looks right at us and says, thank you. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of blown away. And I pull the translator aside. I'm like, hey, he understands what cancer is. And he goes, yeah, he understands he's not able to get care, but now he has an answer. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really time where we could just pray into it and say, man, God, we're so thankful for this individual coming to clinic, allowing us to meet him and allowing us to be there with him. And that's one of the heart-wrenching stories you hear out there. But uh, just this last trip, a lady had glass in her foot. It was infected, and we were able to help take that glass out, and therefore she's not going to lose her foot anymore or the potential of it. If you're in the jungle, you need to be able to walk, you need to be able to move, yeah. and so having something like that is really huge. That's incredible. So when I think through, you know, obviously there's the, there is a great joy when you're able to go or anybody on your team is able to go on some of these trips, but majority of what you guys do at Crosslink is just providing the actual meds and the actual supplies, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we, we talk ourselves as an equipping organization, and mm-hmm. so we love when our team goes, but we can't go. We typically serve about 65 teams a year. 
Wow. We can't partner with every organization that's going and have a team member. So a lot of it is, you know, trusting the Lord's putting the right people in hearts mm-hmm. and the right people to serve. So where do you guys um, get all these supplies and meds that you then equip us with in order to do the work? The supplies and meds come from hospitals, individuals, surgery centers. We're fortunate, you know, in the last six years, we've donated over $2 million worth of basic medical wow. supplies. And we have maybe purchased $1,000 of those because we're out of tape and somebody needs them or something mm-hmm. small. So it's an incredible blessing to be gifted by, you know, the city of Memphis as generous. We have folks mail us stuff uh, from Vermont. We've even received reading glasses from Croatia. Wow. Somebody wanted to find a good place to give them. So everything comes in donated. And so individuals are a huge source. If somebody has a family mm-hmm. member on hospice or just had surgery, there's a lot of times of extra supplies and We'll be glad to help take them, sort them, and get them back out in the communities. That's incredible. And what an impact that has that somebody can donate, you know, a little or as much as they have, individuals or organizations, and then uh, through you guys able to put those items to good use all over the world. Yeah, that's something like bandaging and gloves is our bread and butter. Wow. Um, That's the things you need in the field. Mm -hmm. But we'll accept walkers, wheelchairs, catheters. If it's a medical supply, we say from a Band-Aid to an ultrasound machine, we'd love to try and find a home for it. The one item we can't accept is a hospital bed. They're just too large to store, and I haven't figured out a way to get Piet to put it in a suitcase and take it to Peru. If we can find a hospital bed that can fold up into suitcase size, I'll carry it over there. All right. Challenge accepted. (laughs) I'm sure there's a need for it out there, too. So if individuals have items or organizations out there that have supplies that they want to donate, they can contact you guys directly and just donate that to you? Yeah. They can give us a call, uh, 901-323-8477. And we'll arrange for a time for the stuff to be dropped off at our facility or discuss any pickup options if mm-hmm. it's a really large load. That's incredible. And then do you guys have a large staff? Do you rely on volunteers? Because that's a massive operation. I've seen your warehouse and how organized everything is in there. Everything is in its place, and you know exactly where what is and what you guys have on hand. That's a logistical nightmare in my mind, and I'm glad I'm not in charge of that. But how do you staff all that? It's an army of volunteers. We have 10-plus volunteers who are ready to come in. Many of them will work six- to eight-hour days once a week, and so we probably have close to 60 volunteer hours kind of a week put in between the team. And then we have a staff of three members, and we're all probably part-time employees uh, when it comes to it of hours, but we're uh, grateful and love the mission, so we usually invest in it more. So we're a pretty small team of about 13 to 15 primarily volunteers who have driven this ministry since the start. That's incredible. And, you know, from my experience, I know you guys pass on the savings and, you know, things like supplies, for instance, you talk about the band-aids, bandages and, and gloves and those things. We as a nonprofit organization doing medical missions, we don't really pay for that. There's not a massive cost on that when we get those supplies from Crosslink. So how do you guys make that work? Yeah, so we have, you know, a financial donor base that really supports us. We have a golf tournament in the fall every year. That's our largest fundraiser. And so we do that on a very small budget. Uh, Mm -hmm. We try and keep the cost down. We believe every dollar should go towards serving the ministry. And so when we're passing along the savings of a donated supplies to mission organizations, they can then invest that time, energy of trying to find the supply or the money they would have used Mm -hmm. to buy it to put in a new clean water system in the Liquid Legacies case, or we had one organization in the Ivory Coast save several thousand dollars on medicine and say, hey, that's going directly into our church building yep. fund. And so 
you got to kind of just look at the logistics of it. If they're not spending money and energy somewhere else, they can put that into the ministry, and that's what we're there for. That's incredible. Well, we sure appreciate it, and honestly don't know how we would do medical missions, you know, efficiently and as often as we are able to because of the partnership with Crosslink. So um, I'm sure we're not the only organization that's that grateful. About how many organizations do you guys partner with on a regular basis? The organizations kind of vary from year to year. Some mission organizations can go out twice a year. Some are once every 18 months. And so we probably have about 150 different organizations that consistently every few years will partner with and make sure they're getting supplies for their mission. That's incredible. And organizations being churches as well, not just short-term missions organizations like Liquid Legacy, but if a church is putting together a medical missions team, that's somebody that you would be able to work with? Yeah, absolutely. So our partners are churches, nonprofit organizations, anybody who's willing to go to share the gospel. That's incredible. What's kind of some of the countries maybe that you guys have been able to send medical supplies into and make a difference in? Uh, Over the past couple of years, obviously, travel's been a little bit more difficult. We all recognize that in there. But uh, just this year alone, we've been able to send stuff to Peru, uh, to the Bahamas through a different organization. So the Liquid Legacy doesn't get all the credit here. (laughs) We've also sent a lot of stuff to Nigeria. We see a lot of teams traveling there. Uh, Last year, we partnered with a local church in Memphis here to get an ultrasound machine to a clinic in Venezuela. That was really exciting. Incredible. We uh, helped get some medicine into Cuba. Unfortunately, we can't go into a lot of those stories for security yeah. concerns, but we see Ivory Coast. I think Togo is a big one we send some stuff to. That's on the west side of Africa. And so we kind of just find where mission mm-hmm. teams are going and just partner with them. And that brings up an interesting thing for me because I feel like with uh, medical missions, it's so purpose-driven in terms of providing a very specific medical need to a population of people, a group of people that otherwise have no access to medical care. And it allows organizations to sometimes go into countries and areas that normally if, uh, you know, say we wanted to go in as a church or as a group of believers and we just wanted to go and work with the locals, work with the local church, we're not able to go into or it's too dangerous or it's even illegal to do that in those areas. The church has been suppressed there. The church has been made illegal there, those kind of things. You know, we think of Venezuela, Cuba, uh, some places in China, you know, in the Middle East, there's a lot of places that the church can't freely go into with the gospel. Uh, but medical missions is fairly welcomed in those places. Yeah, you can come in and do the medical missions because there's the care needed. One of my favorite stories actually came from another partnership with the church in Memphis here. Uh, They had a missionary who was in Tanzania, and they'd been praying about getting introduced to the Muslim communities and the leaders in those areas, but were closed off, and they invited a medical team to come along with them. Doors swung wide open. 800 of them came to the clinics, came to see them, and now Mm -hmm. that missionary has regular meetings with the leaders of those communities ready to share the gospel. And so without medical care or the option to receive it, these folks would not have gotten a chance to be prayed for to heard the gospel, Mm -hmm. and that's something that you can kind of do the double, the physical need, the spiritual need. And so it just opened doors. I think it's the entry into the mission field. That's incredible. I mean, we see the way we work in Peru with Liquid Legacy is when we go into the villages, like we just went, um, where we're on a large boat, we're going deep into the jungle. When we pull up to a village, we're there on the invitation of the local church in that village, the local pastor is the one that invited us essentially to come into the village and provide medical care. And we provide medical care to the entire village and any adjacent villages that are willing to come out to it. And we see that a lot. And they all know that they are receiving this medical care through the local church. And it's incredible to me because, you know, on the ground, when we meet these folks one-on-one and we do these clinics, none of them know who 
Liquid Legacy is. None of them know who Crosslink Memphis is, uh, but they know that these Americans with medical supplies and medical uh, personnel is here to treat them and help them and serve them on behalf of the local church. And it just empowers the local church to be the one that does the ongoing ministry of reaching their own communities. They understand their culture. They speak their language. We're there for a day in a village, and then we move on to the next one. So you guys enable us to empower the local church so that when we're both left and we're not there anymore, the local church can continue the ministry and reaching the people. Yeah, I mean, that just reminds me of Mark 4, parable mm-hmm. of the sower. You're out there. You know, he's tossing the seed around. We yeah. don't know what it's landing on. And I think a medical mission team comes out there and plants the seeds in there. And mm-hmm. then you need local pastors, local teams to be able to come in there and tend to the harvest. Yeah. You know, if they're working it before, they're working it after. And they're there for the training up of the next generation of laborers to continue to go out into the jungles, into the deserts. Into yeah. the, sometimes we can't go. Maybe that's legally yeah. or illegally. We got to really equip those leaders on the ground. So I think that's the important part of why medical missions is important. You know, anywhere from 400 to 1,000 people come in to get the seeds planted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an incredible opportunity. Yeah, and what a beautiful picture of the body of Christ working together, all these different parts, working together to not only serve the body, because we serve a lot of believers sometimes. Because we work through the church, they're the first ones to show up for clinics. So there's a serving of the body there, but it's also coming together and a passing of the baton. You guys do your part, we do our part, the local church does their part, and we do it all working together through cultural and language barriers with medicine in the middle of it all. That's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, that's just an amazing picture. I mean, we see the unification of the body. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many times are we just praying for that in general? Whether it's in medical missions or just in our personal lives, it's just, man, God, let us be unified as, exactly. as Christians together. And I think that's where you get in here with partnerships between the Liquid Legacy and Crosslink and Crosslink with many other organizations in the country. They're partnering with somebody else to do it. Yeah. And it takes a lot of unity to pull off a mission trip of any kind. And I think yeah. that's the strengthening thing. And our recent trip, I was just reminded it was rainy, flooded. Yes, it, was it was so hard. I mean, it was unbelievable. But we had the opportunity to show that even in adverse travel and living mm-hmm. conditions that we still want to be ones that are willing to serve. And that's not going to deter us because we love them. Number one, that we want to bring Christ's love to the individuals and say, hey, we want to partner with you because if there's an uncontacted tribe in the jungle, they're going to be the ones that are going to do it. Me and Piet can't go there. And so that's where I look at it, is it's constantly how do you focus on building the Great Commission out there Absolutely. and spreading the seeds. It's easy for me to look at this team that we just was a part of, that we just came back from Peru on. What a diverse team in terms of the number of churches represented on that team, the number of medical background, but also socioeconomic, racial. It was a very diverse team in that sense. Most of these folks didn't know each other until they showed up for the trip together. And it's an incredible thing for me to see. Most of them think of this trip, everybody was from the Memphis area, the greater Memphis area. And just to see God bringing all the right people with the right credentials, the right experiences from the various backgrounds together on one trip and accomplish that mission and um, Crosslink playing that part of equipping them in order to do what they needed to do. My mind's blown every time we do it. It's an incredible thing to be a part of. Yeah, we ask for our mission teams we partners with to kind of give us a project report or a mission yeah. report or what kind of happened every time. And you just get blown away by the stories of how God uses simple medical supplies and mm-hmm. the opportunities for conversations to change people's lives. And yeah. that's what encourages me more. We, we tend to track a lot of different things. 
you know, we have numbers of how much we've helped teams save, how many days they've spent in the mission field, and that's good. But ultimately, you know, since about 2016, we've seen almost 260,000 people wow. worldwide receive physical care, but spiritual care with these because mm-hmm. we're asking the questions how they're going to do them. And that number blows me away because I won't know probably any of those, you know, detailed stories mm-hmm. more than what's shared with me on this side of eternity. But just knowing that the kingdom has changed for it. And that's, yeah. that's humbling. You know, and to I, know we get to play that part from a metal building in Memphis. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, we're not the only team. I think this is probably all of your teams because of who you work with. But to think over 260,000 people that have, you know, sat across from a medical individual that's a believer who has held their hand, uh, looked them in the eye, not only treated them for whatever ailments, but shared the gospel with them, had a prayer with them. I know our teams, at the end of every uh, patient, they ask for prayer requests, they pray for them, they're free to share their life story, their uh, faith walk with them. And so the thought of being a part of something that over 260,000, that's over a quarter of a million people that have been prayed for, you know, knee to knee, uh, mm-hmm. that's an incredible number. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind. Every, yeah. every time we look at it, every time I, I get to share that number, it's just mm-hmm. saying, and that's a huge impact. And every team's different, every country's different, and every place is unique. But it's just a blessing to know that we're close to that number. And it just continues to grow every week, every month as people, you know, travel and continue to take trips and continue to build those relationships. Yeah, you know, for me, it's easy to sometimes look at that and go, okay, there's 260,000 people that you guys have touched in that way. And this last trip because of flooding and various complications in the jungle, um, we only saw, you know, just a little bit more than 500 patients. And so it's really easy for me sometimes to to look at that and go, well, it should have been 1,200 patients or it should have been 3,000 patients on this one trip. And we were only able to see a little more than 500 patients and and look at that as as a small number. But I bet over the last six years you look at that and it's all these small numbers that add up to a large number. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's the small numbers that add, but it's the individual encounters that people have. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get out here and, you know, I love our medical professionals, so please don't take this the (laughs) wrong way if you guys are listening, but I know there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of recording, there's a lot of patients backed up behind us when we go see a doctor. And in this case, you have a medical team that for the 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it takes to see your family, Mm -hmm. only cares about your family's well-being. Yeah. You know, their physical needs, their spiritual needs, their emotional needs, knowing that the only thing the family on the other side of the table from whatever country they are can mm-hmm. give you is a thank you and a hug. And I think that is so powerful when you look at why those numbers matter. Yeah. Those individuals, and I've had many conversations, most of them, it's, you know, there's transactions. Somebody wants something from me or somebody needs something from yeah. me. In those instances, there's not. We just want to care and love you, and I think that's where the power of the gospel is really shared on these trips. No, that's an incredible thing. I want to touch real quick, because the last two years, we haven't had too much travel. So how has that impacted Crosslink and your mission, and uh, what did that do for you guys? Obviously, when travel stopped, we had several teams like in the process of getting Mm -hmm. ready to go, and so that made it really hard, but it gave us an opportunity to strengthen a lot of our local relationships. And so... At the very beginning of the pandemic, we had 15,000 surgical masks that we had no idea what to do with. And within the first, I think, two weeks, 
mm-hmm. of it. We were down to a couple hundred. And so that was just getting into the charity clinics, you know, your church health centers, your Christ communities, a lot of folks doing great work in the city and saying, yeah. hey, we got masks, you need them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to compete against a large hospital to buy them. We had one pediatrician, she does uh, medical work and uh, partners in Kenya, and she called us up and their doctor's office was sharing an N95 mask. So wow. five providers sharing one N95 wow. mask. And so we were able to get them to them at the beginning. She said it was like a whole bunch of kids opening a Christmas present, <laughs> getting a mask. And so we jumped in there. We partnered with a lot of organizations and became kind of a storage hub mm-hmm. for the testing supplies for the first six months while the testing sites were established mm-hmm. and why they figured out how they needed what they needed. So we really jumped in there. And so that's continued to launch our partnership with the local clinics, local uh, pregnancy care centers often uh, visit Mm -hmm. us and get some supplies. And so with the local travel being down, it's increased our relationships. And I think that's really important. That's incredible. I can't tell you how much I appreciate not only the friendship between us, but also uh, the partnership between Crosslink and Liquid Legacy. I know we're not the only organization you guys work with by far. We're just one of many. But I know that none of us organizations are able to do what we do without you guys doing what you do. And you guys do it really well. And um, it's incredible to be a partnership in that and know that we add to that number. Not that it's about numbers, uh, but it is incredible to know that the impact is so much larger than just the little bits that we're doing uh, on a day-to-day and a trip-to-trip. Just remind listeners, if they want to get in contact with you guys, what some of the needs that you guys have and how can they contact you for that? Absolutely. So the best way to kind of follow us is go to our website. It's crosslinkmemphis.org, or you can find us on Facebook at Crosslink Memphis. Uh, We try and keep updated kind of what's going on, what trips we serve, show some pictures if we're able to. That's the best way to follow us. If you're looking to donate any supplies you have around your house, you can give us a call, 901-323-8477, or there's a contact form on our website if you just want to reach out that way. So it's the basic medical supplies is a big need. Every nonprofit will acknowledge there's always financial funding. So if you're gifted in that way or feel called to, we'd be blessed to be considered in your donations. That's awesome. And so that's individuals can donate medical supplies. But then also if there are folks who maybe work at or run larger clinics or hospitals or uh, manufacturing of medical supplies and equipment, uh, you guys all obviously welcome any of those things, anything except the hospital bed. Yeah, anything except a hospital bed. Well, thank you, AJ, for your time. I'm so grateful for, you know, not only what you guys do and being able to do that together, but for our time here and you sharing with the folks here on the show what it is that you guys do right here out of Memphis. And uh, you make Memphis proud, so that's an awesome thing. My name is Piet Strydem, and I'm with Liquid Legacy. And if you want to follow us, you can simply go to theliquidlegacy.org, or you can find us on social media, The Liquid Legacy Project, on both Facebook and Instagram. You can see some of the photos from this last trip and the updates from there and see the impact that Crosslink has had in Peru just on this last trip. We thank you for listening today. This is Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm honored to stand in for Byron Tyler, and we hope you have a great day. 